it's really amazing to me because when I created Joy Day, I was really just creating something to help other people heal the way that I've known to heal. Welcome to Open Heart Raw Story, the podcast, spotlighting the raw, honest stories of everyday people leading extraordinary lives. Tune in weekly to hear special guests share and openly disclose their challenges and traumas, along with the pivotal shifts they made to transform their lives, step into their power, and inspire the lives of others. These are the stories that epitomize the hero's journey and stand as living proof that deep healing and transformations are possible. Hello, family. Welcome to Open Heart Raw Story, the podcast spotlighting the raw and honest stories of everyday people leading extraordinary lives. On this episode, I am so thrilled to have this special and joyful person on the show. I don't know if that's a little hint there. (laughs) She is the founder and CEO of Joy Day, which is a fantastic organization built to help people find joy in their daily lives by promoting positive mental health, y'all. We're going to get into it on this one. This organization has partnered with brands such as Bumble and Base Butter and Just Works to provide therapy-led healing sessions to help people cope with things such as racial injustices, the trauma, and the struggles of COVID-19, as well as dating. And really, the focus here is to really help these people find their inner joy and really practice that on a daily basis. She is also a creative storyteller, a designer, a public speaker. I love multi-hyphenated people, (laughs) y'all. And a movie blogger, as well as an entrepreneur, and in my opinion, an all-around badass boss. Please welcome to the show, Morgan Brittany. Yay! Yay! Thank you for having me. That was a fabulous introduction. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, Well, the honor is all mine. And thank you for coming on the show and, and be willing to share your story. I'm just, you know, super, super excited to have you on. So thank you so very much. Yes, you are welcome. I'm excited to share some of my story here today. So for the listeners, I just want to make everyone aware of how I became familiarized with Morgan's work and her organization. So last year, she um, really led a beautiful virtual session with a fantastic company called Base Butter, which is a Black-owned skincare company. And she really just kind of talked about how we can really cultivate joy, especially in the Black community, especially during a time last year where we really needed it the most. Um, We really needed to focus on how we can drive a lot of mental health, not just around joy for everyone, but really sort of narrowing it down to focusing on joy for people of color, because we, we all went through a really tough time with um, what happened with George Floyd. So I thought it was a very timely and a very needed session. And I was just completely blown away by Morgan's infectious, positive energy, her poise, and just the immense value and organization she bought to that virtual event. Um, and I basically say to myself all the time, like when I just catch someone that's so inspiring, I always kind of keep them in the back of my mind to say, I'm going to partner with them. I'm going to do something with them. I'm going to like engage with them much later on. So I always had Morgan in my Rolodex <laughs> of how to kind of bring her on. And, you know, here we are. So thank you, Morgan, for being on the show. And we're just going to, we're going to dive right into this. So. Yay. Yeah, diving straight into it. So I like to call these set of questions the cocoon. So let's talk about your childhood, the good, the bad, and the in-between. Yes, let's get started. So my childhood, I grew up in the suburbs. Um, I grew up in a two-parent household, but a suburb girl who's Black, you know, I we talked about this before. Um, There's a lot that goes into that with self-esteem, self-worth, feeling as though you're enough when people around you don't look like you. Um, And then on top of that, I was always known as one of the most joyful people that everyone around me knew. Um, 
but sometimes I felt sad and I didn't really understand where that rooted from. So that was something that was always going on internally. Um, when I was in middle school, I created a blog called You Can Reach Your Rainbow, which I think is really when I began Joy Day. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't a name to it yet, but um, that's when that foundation was really built. And then when I was in ninth grade, um, one of my peers, um, Christina Graham, I will never forget her name, she ended up um, committing suicide and she was black like me and grew up in the suburbs like me. And in that moment, prior to that happening, I thought that was something that only white people were allowed to do and that black people, it's not something that we was an option for us suicide wasn't something that I knew that Black people did. And that was just my own ignorance. And then, you know, the stigmas placed surrounding our community. So um, yeah, so my childhood was definitely defined by a lot of moments in seeing my friends, the people that I grew up with, struggling with their mental health, um, but then not talking about it. But my mom always says that something about me with my family and with people in general, I can always find a commonality. Um, so there's always going to be something to talk about, something where people feel comfortable opening up to me. And because of that, I've seen so many different people confide in me about how they were struggling. Um, and then in my childhood also, you know, I had my own struggles and through that, um, it really led me to where I am today. I always knew that I would create a place where people would have somewhere, someone to talk to. I just didn't know how that would develop. Um, I, I love French. And then when I was a child, I used to think that one day I'd create a place called Belle Maison, which means beautiful house. So a place mm -hmm. where people could have a therapist or like a kind of like big brother, big sister type of situation where they could talk to someone and everyone had someone to talk to. So as a child, this commonality of wanting to help people and wanting to help people heal their minds so that they could find joy and just be their best self and be who God has called them to be. That has always been um, something that was very important to me. Mm. I love that you said that because, um, you know, I've had many guests on the show that, you know, even as a child, they've, they've heard these small little like seeds or whispers mm -hmm. um, early on kind of whispering what their purpose was going to be in life. And as kids, you know, we're so, like you said, we're ignorant. We're kind of like, oh, I just want to be a kid. But I really do very much feel wholeheartedly that, you know, God and the universe are always speaking to us and they're constantly speaking to us. And every single time that we become more aware of ourselves and our purpose and our presence in that, that voice gets louder and we kind of walk that path that we were always meant to walk. So I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, even at a young age for yourself, that you were able to, you know, witness that and understand that and know that that was the path that you wanted to take even at a young age you know, also understanding that there were, you know, some struggles that you did go through, especially with your, with your friend that, you know, committed suicide. And I always say that, you know, you know, the darkest parts of our lives happen to always have this fertile ground of where we can start to birth things that are going to help people in that. So I always say those dark moments are always the moments where, you know, we, we find ourselves and we find what our purpose is and we drive the roots into it. So, you know, I'm so happy that you answered that call to, to do this work um, with Joy Day. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I as talking to you just then, I that's when I realized that this has really been a lifelong mission. Um, that has just developed over time even more. So thank you for asking me that because it just really gave me even more perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you were growing up, did you feel like a sense of security and stability, um, not even just financially, but just like emotionally, mentally? Um, and how did that show up for you? Yeah, so a sense of security um, emotionally. I felt 
I felt pretty secure in my household, but outside of the home, I wasn't as secure in the sense of, okay, you know, the weekends, yeah, I'm with my family. I feel, I feel comfortable, but then when I'm in school and no one looks like me and people are saying, oh, I didn't know you like to read, like, but we're all in the same grade. We're all in the same class. How do you think I got here? Uh-huh. You know, it just... It all just started, the microaggressions really affected the way um, I saw myself and um, then affected the way I outerly appeared because I used to, you know, wear my hair. It all starts with the hair. You know, you wear your hair in a ponytail, then they pull it and then they're like, oh, we thought it was fake. You know, then you assimilate to the society you're in so you cut your hair so you don't get picked on um and then all those things affect you emotionally and then adult in an as an adult you heal from those things like right now um my power was to grow my hair out right and now it's like there's so much tied to my hair that um I feel like I need to cut it because it holds all of that um emotional baggage that from you know from childhood um so i would say that overall my childhood was great um at home i felt very stable in school i always did well in school mm-hmm. but i felt like there was a disconnect between me and the other black kids that look like me, but then also me and the other kids um, that didn't look like me. So it was always hard and I always found joy in um, sports, specifically running track and um, in art, art in any form, um, because that was the way that I was able to heal and express myself. that's, That's fantastic. And I think also, you know, I think what you mentioned is really important to to bring up even for a little bit is like understanding like, you know, the microaggressions and even, you know, being sort of like the tokenism that takes place mm-hmm. because oftentimes, you know, I, I too was, you know, I grew I grew up in the suburbs. I'm in Long Island, um, you know, and I went to a predominantly white Catholic school um, and we had, you know, we had somewhat you know, there were black people there, but majority of the population that did go to those schools were white. And, you know, I always kind of struggled even myself with finding that sense of identity and not only finding it, but be able to be comfortable in in that space and understand that the space that I occupy is as this person that's standing in front of you with that has hair that's different than yours, that has a culture that's different than yours. And, you know, even at a young age and We've had people on the show talk about that, that there is a difference between, you know, they wanted to find this sense of like belonging. And but I think really what we're trying to find is this sense of acceptance and belonging is meaning like you fit in, you assimilate how you said, Morgan, you mm-hmm. need to like assimilate um, and kind of become like almost like a uniformed person of that group. Um, whereas when you find that acceptance, that acceptance is you, you are your, your own person. Mm-hmm. And the people that are around you in that collective accept you for who you are and never try to change you. In fact, that they embrace you and celebrate your identity. So I, I can totally hear that um, in, in the way that your childhood was when you were going to school, was finding that, you know, you want to be accepted, but you, you know, of course, was like trying to get to that space of like belonging. And that's how we all do too, right? I, I do the same thing. I perm my hair for, for years. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, and kind of water down this crown over here. You know what I mean? So I, I totally get that a thousand percent. So as you were as you were growing up, can you like talk about sort of the time or the times where you started to notice some early stages of, of struggles and, and maybe depression? I know that you kind of spoke about that a little bit earlier. But I think the listeners would you know, love to know, like, you know, when you first started to kind of notice those things um, kind of show up for you? Yeah, I will say, so before I even get into to depression, anxiety and depression are cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really believe that anxiety showed up first. 
um, being in large groups, just automatically having to spot one person or at least two people or in a group setting like that you knew or that I knew specifically so that I would feel comfortable in that room and be able to navigate. Um, I remember, I think it was in middle school, someone said, Morgan, you, you're you so good at like knowing at least one person in each friend group. And what I look back on now is that was a way for me to cope with being around a lot of people because I have social anxiety. So that was probably the first way, um, first time it showed up. But then in high school, with all of this change from school to school, but I normally had everyone, you know, the same, maybe a few new people at the same schools, but then um, the district I was in changed the high school I was going to. So I didn't have as many people. So having to find those people to feel comfortable around, make new friends, um, and just step out of that comfort zone and zone and not really assimilate anymore to what um, people may want of me um, finding myself, that's when I really started recognizing I was depressed. And I remember after um, my peer passed away, me typing on Google. And now like when you type this in, a bunch of resources came in, but this was in 2010. And when I typed it in, um, I typed in like, how do you kill yourself and it just said that your life matters and it was just a message they didn't have any resources they just routed you to a message now they route you to resources um but that night really changed my life because I was like oh wow I'm not okay and I told my younger brother who was four years younger than me I was 14 at the time so he was 10 he didn't really understand what that meant but he knew to tell my parents um and then I went to, it was, it was spring break and I went to um, somewhere my parents said they were taking me somewhere that was going to be fun for spring break and I ended up in a therapist's office and then that day I was told that, you know, I have depression and it was a sense of relief because it's something that I didn't want to accept because people associated me with joy and I couldn't understand how I could be associated with both of these things simultaneously, but um, it was also the beginning of the journey um, that I'm on now because I was diagnosed 11 going on 12 years next year with depression and been living with it. Obviously, um, prior then to when I was diagnosed, um, but I have been able to better find my toolbox and understand um, how to cope with different things that are going on within myself. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, every time that when people share some things like that and, and you are that walking model of what it is to fully acknowledge where you are and be able to kind of choose a better path for yourself. And like you say, you have the tools to, to mm -hmm. really be able to live your life to the fullest, you know, and I, and I feel like, you know, a lot of times, and I was just talking about this in my yoga class, you know, about self-love. And I said, it's so easy for us to love like the good, shiny attributes of ourselves, right? Like, Oh, we're, we're great. We're smart. We're cool. You know? And I think the parts that, need our self-love the most are the parts that we identify as the dark parts of ourselves, you know, yeah. the, and, and the fact of the matter is like, you know, you, you know, you really opened up um, to your therapist and, and really sort of kind of worked towards um, uncovering and unfolding more of yourself, understanding that, you know, yes, I have depression, but yes, I'm going to use these tools that I'm accumulating to arrive at that place where I want to feel joyful, but also not, you know, separating yourself to say, I, it's not like the depression goes away. You just know how to better cope with it and, and really sort of make those decisions to stay in the light, but not ignore the dark. So I think that's a beautiful way of you kind of expressing that, that, you know, you're this duality of, of people, you know, you have both light and dark um, and how do we kind of 
you know, focus on the light while also nurturing the dark parts of ourselves. So thank you for, for mentioning that. That's, that's a really beautiful thing. Thank you. So just thinking about, um, I always say, you know, usually when we start to kind of um, change it, like the trajectory of our lives, like right before that change, I always say that there's always what, you know, spirituality calls like the dark nights of the soul, you know, another word for it's called like the wake up call, the breaking point, um, the rock bottom moments. So um, Morgan, for you, would you consider that time? Um, or that moment in your life, did you, would you call that sort of like a breaking point where it really became that wake up call to start to change your life? Or was there another moment or a breaking point where um, it became a wake up call to you to start to change your life and direct it into this purposeful life that you're living now? Um, I think that I've always had a sense of my life. There's a greater purpose to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in middle school and I created that blog, it was because, okay, I'm feeling down. I want you, I want to reach my rainbow, but I also want other people to as well, you know? So it was never just like climb and not extend a ladder for those who need to climb up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say when I was in high school, I was the, you know, what you call the therapy friend. So how can I help you that way? But it was when I got to college, it started with YouTube um, and a blog. I had both. I don't know how I was doing this and <laughs> still in college, but I would get on YouTube every Friday and I would um, essentially just be Pastor Morg and um, just like share a positive word and relate it to what had happened that week. But then I would also blog and I would um, share positive messages that way as well. And I felt like I was doing it for other people, but I was also doing it for myself, mm-hmm. um, which was great. But then when my cousin had passed away, um, the second semester of my freshman year, that was um, extremely hard for me. And I stopped doing both of those things. And it wasn't until a year after that, that I had a conversation with someone and they said, well, how have you been through so much? Um, At that time, I had a tumor as well. And then, you know, going through the anniversary of my cousin's passing, And I just said, because every day is a joy day. And that just seemed like the catalyst, um, the final catalyst for me. And so I wrote down on a sticky note, I share this story over and over because it's just amazing how God will show you something and show you a word and you just write it down and you pray over it and, you know, things happen. Um, But I didn't know exactly what joy day would be. I just knew that. I wanted people to have one. I wanted people to experience a joy day, no matter what they were going through, mm-hmm. and to experience the joy I have internally, no matter what the outside parameters of my life may say um, is possible. So, yeah, I think that it was, to answer your question, I think that it was multiple moments that defined um, me knowing that there is a greater purpose, but, um, all of those individual moments got me to where I am today and, um, where I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally relate, um, in that regard because, you know, I share this on, uh, the first episode of season one, my story. And, you know, I had a, a brother who, passed away and he was murdered and Mm -hmm. you know and I thought you know that to me was one of my rock bottom moments and yeah yeah and similarly to you you know they tried to get me to talk to a therapist and I wasn't (laughs) I wasn't I wasn't as courageous as you (laughs) like I was like I don't want a therapist I'm gonna keep this thing bottled up inside and you know push it to the side and not deal with it and you know unfortunately when you don't really deal with things head on and you don't arrive at that space where you're recognizing the hard stuff, it, it'll come up. It'll come up all the time. And it'll and that trigger will get harder and harder and harder. 
And I think, you know, for you, you know, going through so much um, and just recognizing that, you know, there there is joy. I always say, like, your best days are still ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And this pain, even though it feels severe and you know it's hard, um, you know, it's, it's temporary, you know, and there's, there's going to be more moments of joy. There's going to be moments of sadness. You know, we're always on this, like this, you know, ebb and flow of life, you know, everything's not supposed to stay stagnant, but just recognizing that, you know, despite the dark parts of yourself, there's always going to be joy. So I, I, I love that you said that in a very big way. Thank you. So, you know, I think, you know, as we, you know, start to kind of change like the trajectory of our life, especially if it's sometimes a severe change or a little change, you know, I always kind of say it's so important to have a really good set of support in your life, whether it be family, friends, coworkers, things like that, just to kind of give you just like that encouragement that you're on the right path. So for you, and I, I'm curious, and I'm sure the listeners want to know, what kind of support did you have in your life where you really felt like seen, secure, and stable in this new trajectory of your life? And how did that show up for you? Yeah, um, I will say that my best friend, Jaya, she was one of the first people who really showed me that I am joy. And I knew that, but just that constant affirmation, like, no, you are joy, you are joy, you are joy, um, meant a lot to me. And then also just all the overwhelming support when I initially said that, like, joy day is something I want to do. It all started with, like, a picnic that was supposed to happen on Mother's Day weekend. But because it was Mother's Day weekend, everyone was with, obviously, their mothers um, right. so so two people came and we just prayed that whole time and it was amazing because in that moment the two people that were there it was um my best friend Jaya and then also a girl named Imani Imani she just said I know this is going to reach so many people I don't know how I don't know like what's going to happen but I know it's going to reach a lot of people so we need to pray over it right now And then just to see how it's grown over the years, um, how it went from that picnic with two people to now having this online community um, and hearing people use the word joy day when they're speaking of their days and then just seeing how um, different companies have also invested in the mission Mm -hmm. um, by helping us provide the tools that we want to provide and provide the sessions like the one you went to with face butter um it's just it's really amazing to me because when i created joy day i was really just creating something to help other people heal the way that i've known to heal Mm. um and then to be able to have so many people believe and then people wanting to help fund, you know, different experiences that are to come with Joy Day. It's just, it's overwhelming and not uh, overwhelming like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do because I do. God showed me what to do with this, showed me what was going to happen. So there's a plan that's in motion. It's just that the plan continues to go in motion even with the pandemic you know we were going to create like this really amazing series that was going to happen offline um but then the pandemic hit but because there was so much preparation with that we just had to shift how it would happen but not what the context of the um events would be mm-hmm. so it's just it's honestly been such a humbling and beautiful experience um to have god choose me to do this work um specifically because i feel like anyone could do it but god used my story to do it um in this way i love that i love that and and shout out to your to your friends because you know i always feel like we have angels in our life that Mm -hmm. are in human form um, and I think, you know, and God, like you said, God speaks to through people to give us a message. Um, so shout out to your friend for 
you know, really recognizing and seeing that, you know, this was going to be your life's path. This was going to be your, your, your work on this, on this journey in life and, you know, praying over that and making sure that, you know, it has the best intentions and continues to rise and, and really help and influence a lot of people. Um, so I think that's such a big, big thing. And I always say the support systems that we do have, there are angels on earth. So I always give them multiple praises because <laughs> it's, it ain't easy. It's not easy to support people. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, I always say like some people to be true support people, it's kind of like they want to see the best for you at all times, at all times. So I think that's a really big thing. So, you know, I like to call this sort of um, question like your spiritual GPS, if you will. Um, so, you know, I know the listeners are, are very curious and I know that you touched upon this, you know, talking about how you wrote the blog and how you had the vision of Joy Day come to you and, and the word come to you very early on. But just kind of like the little sort of blueprint of Joy Day um, you know, what were the steps that you took to really kind of like shift that paradigm and direct it in a more purposeful way to create Joy Day? Like what were the steps that you really took, you know, maybe before you started it and while you were kind of creating it, what, what kind of steps did you take to do that? Yeah. So oh, I love this question because essentially I didn't know what exactly, um, you know, I'm in college. I don't have much money. Um, how am I going to do this? So I just went to free platforms, which is something that I think that AOC talks about with her campaign to be a congresswoman, you know, a lot. And I just took it to Twitter and I just started having Twitter chats. I hadn't even created a Twitter for the um, for Joy Day yet. It was just Mental Health Awareness Month. And I knew that at, at the beginning, I, you know, I had, okay, Joy Day, I knew the name, right? And I knew I wanted to help people feel joy. Um, but then a year later, after just reflecting on the name and reflecting on, excuse me, all the things that have happened in my life, I realized I really did want to tie mental health into it. And when I, um, when I first started, a lot of people were like, mm, I don't know if you should do that because this is before there were really a lot of, I feel like in more recent years, um, there have been more businesses and um, platforms that necessarily tie in mental health. But when the chats were happening, no one was really talking about mental health. Um, so I just was like, okay, you know what? We're going to have a Twitter chat. Mm. So we had a Twitter chat. And a lot of people showed up and it wasn't just people that I knew. And some people were sharing their stories of how mental health has, you know, been something that they've been struggling with their mental health and people have, you know, different mental health um, conditions such as like bipolar, depression, um, OCD and one of my best friends, um, he had opened up to me that he was schizophrenic during this time. But there was also another element of people and these people who weren't necessarily chatting to share their stories, but chatting because they have a loved one going through something similar and they wanted to hear other people who are going through similar things, um, hear their voice and under, better understand how to love the people that they love. Mm. So there were just so many different components to this overarching conversation that was happening on Twitter. So we would have those conversations every other week um, on a Tuesday for a year and a half. And then I just started going on different college campuses. I went to college in Atlanta I went to a design school, Savannah College of Art and Design, and I went to my school. I went to every school in the Atlanta area. I went to all the schools in the AUC. Um, I went to Georgia State, West West Georgia, University of West Georgia, um, FAMU. I actually went to FAMU too, all while I was still in college, just having this conversation with a board that said, how are you really doing? And okay. people were getting super vulnerable. I kept that sticky note that started Joy Day in mind and people would answer the questions on sticky notes on a board 
And then we would just have a conversation about how we're doing. And it was just very simple, but it was needed. You know, this is the college students, you know, these are people who are going through so much so fast. And these are the next leaders of um, this country, um, of the world, really, because, you know, a lot of people are um, becoming who they're going to be in this moment. So all of those things really help shape joy day and then um, get to the point where when the pandemic hit okay let's continue having this conversation but around different topics um, based on how what's going on in the world because when the pandemic hit I was actually the partner that I was going to have for this offline event that i I had been planning was Bumble. So I reached out to them. I said, hey, I know we can't do this in-person event, but can we at least do something about coping with COVID-19? And so we rolled out um, this series called School of Joy, where we just really went over coping with COVID-19 and how that, um, what that looks like, you know, because we've never been in a pandemic before. We've never had to be in the house before. We've never been away from our families, our friends for this amount of time because of something unknown to all of us that has slowed the world down. So um, that conversation happened. And then on top of that, um, it was also dating, right? So like people are in their 20s, people are in their 30s, 40s, whatever, and they're dating. But now we're in a pandemic. So how do we cope with that? Like, oh, you know, our trajectory has changed in our minds because of this um, this newfound, uh, I guess. Reality. new normal. Yeah, new normal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what is it? Because it was a lot. Yeah. And then on top of that, it seems like every month there was something because in the next month, you know, we partnered with Face Better because it was, oh, snap, now on top of a pandemic, you know, everything that's happening with George Floyd and then Black Lives Matter. And it seemed like everyone, you know, just wanted to support everything Black, but how does that make us feel as being Black? Um, so that that conversation was really important to have. And it's something that was had um, all up until the end of the year. And then this year, working with different companies internally to have those healing conversations and have conversations surrounding joy um, and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just amazing because I thought that we were ready to go offline. And then God said, no, you started online. You're going to be online for a while <laughs> because you're good at being online. Um, and you can reach which, more people. You you can yeah. reach more people. Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah. And I I have a lot of um, girls in the Middle East that reach out to me. Young girls that always say like, "Thank you for Joy Day. Um, thank you for sharing this information. All types of things." So it's just like you never know who you you'll reach, and there is a reason. You're right that. Um, you know, every time we think about going offline, we stay online because that we can reach more people and you're limited when you're offline yeah. to a certain crowd and audience. But yeah, that's our little blueprint right there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's again, it's like you're directing, you're taking the necessary steps to direct your life in a more purposeful way by creating joy day in that big sense. So I'm, I'm glad that you gave the listeners kind of the, the blueprint because, you know, I always say, you know, part of my goal in bringing this podcast is really being a source of inspiration for the listeners. And you never know, you know, who's going to be that person that just needed that spark of inspiration, um, how you beautifully expressed it on how to create such a, an impactful organization. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So I always love this question because um, I think, you know, when we kind of set out on our new path um, and it's very unfamiliar, right? It's uncharted territory, if you will. I think, you know, a lot of us or a good chunk of us experience a sense of uncertainty or have doubts about the direction of our lives, right? Because it's, again, very unfamiliar, very new. You don't kind of have like, you know, 
a, a step-by-step on how to create it and, and what our life is going to be like at the end of our journey. So for you, Morgan, did you ever feel like you had any doubts or uncertainty about the direction of your life? And if so, what gave you the power and the inspiration to overcome your doubts and persevere? Oh, this is a great question. I think that the biggest thing for me is like, why me? You know, like I'm not a therapist. Um, I went to art school, although when I was in, before I went to college, I did think about um, being a therapist, but I, you know, changed my mind. And it's just amazing how you'll be called when you're called and nothing can get in the way of that. Like, You could say, for example, Oprah, one of my favorite people, um, one of the people that I definitely look up to when I think of the people that I um, want, the way I want to impact people and the way I want to touch people. Mm -hmm. Um, Same for me. Same for me. Like Oprah's right up there for me. Yeah, I think she might be number one. I think she shares with my mom too, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she... She's definitely um, an amazing person. And then on top of that, she can just easily connect. And people could say that she's not, you know, called the best way um, to be because she she's not a therapist either, but she talks to people, you know? So God, God will call people in different ways. And I think that's something that I've had to just understand like God gave me this vision maybe because if I were a therapist I might not be able to see things as just a human dealing with mental health on a daily basis um so yeah that's something that I definitely had to cope with at the beginning like hmm am I really you know suited for this conversation but yes I am because life is also a big your greatest teacher and life has taught me a lot in such a short amount of time um I turn 26 next month and I just yeah I just feel like I've learned so much about life already and um god willing there's you know a lot more of life for me to experience Absolutely. And, and again, you've accomplished so many wonderful things at your age and it's like the sky's the limit, you know? So, you know, thank you for, for sharing that. And I completely agree that, you know, like when God or universe or source create creation, um, whispers and talks over your life, you know, why me? It's like, why not you? (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, it's almost like they give you that instant rebuttal. Um, I always say to myself, you know, when I trying to manifest certain things to come into my life, the universe is like, okay, those dreams are cool, but we got to go bigger. You know, like the, I always say that God in the universe always has a bigger plan for us. And when we kind of follow that, you know, our, our world opens up where we can really feed into the goodness and the greater good of the collective, which is what you're doing with Joy Day. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So I always... Yeah. So I always feel like, you know, anytime that you're in like creation mode and you're creating something, you know, or or driving your life in a more purposeful way, you know, I always feel like there has to be some type of like soul goals, right? And I think those are goals that are connected to your soul. So when you created Joy Day, Morgan, what were like your main soul goals? Yeah, I, my biggest thing was to help people understand and to yeah just to understand that no matter what you're going through now what you have gone through that you can experience joy like joy will be there and joy is different from happiness because happiness is fleeting you know you're happy one second you're sad the next but joy is knowing that no matter what emotion you're feeling in that current moment you will always have joy and it's internal and it it pulls you up when you're feeling down and it's that reminder that you you will make it to tomorrow and tomorrow will be better than today because if today was your worst day then how much worse can tomorrow be um so with yeah so with joy day it's constantly just making people understand or helping people understand that you can experience joy daily 
and you deserve to experience joy daily. No matter what has gone on in your life, you you deserve that. Love that. I, I love, I'm like underscoring, highlighting for the listeners. <laughs> you, deserve, you deserve to feel joy. Like that is like the big, the biggest word for me. Um, deserve it because that has a lot of weight to it. People, a lot of people feel like, well, I don't deserve it. I'm like, no, ev- this is everyone deserves to feel that no matter what. So that's a, that's a big, big word. So thank you for, thank you for mentioning that because yeah, if I can do a whole class on like what you deserve just by being a human being, yeah, I, I could, I could go on for about five hours. It's probably a five-hour class. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I love this section called moments of fulfillment, and I think you know when I think about moments of fulfillment, it's when you kind of get that confirmation that whatever work you're doing it transcends your human experience. You really feel like you're doing the work of God or doing a work that is higher than you, right? Mm -hmm. So Morgan, for you, can you talk about a time where you knew that your work transcended the human experience and that you were truly carrying out your spiritual assignments? Can you share like any stories or maybe any anecdotes of where you really felt like, wow, this this is beyond me, this is bigger than me? Yeah, I think that I realized that this is all bigger than myself when, um, well, when we were having those conversations as every time we're having a conversation, whenever there is a joy day conversation taking place, no matter if it's on Twitter, if it's on Instagram, if it's on um, Zoom, if it's in person, there's always at least that one person. And I think that that's so important that you you remember that, you know, touching one is enough. Um, there's always one person that will reach out and say that either the session transformed their life or it was something they needed um, or shares their story and how what I'm doing has affected them in a positive way. Or when I'm out, I'll be out at a day party. This is prior to COVID, y'all. And people would come up to me and say, hey, like what you're doing matters. And I appreciate it because of this. It's just, it's the people who you may not even notice are watching you, but they are. Um, Yeah, that's something that I noticed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I know that, you know, we touched upon this kind of throughout this episode, but I really, I really want to focus on this. And this is kind of, you know, a very important thing. And I don't want to look over it because I think, you know, talking about this, this is very specific. So, you know, we touched upon last year, obviously the pandemic. And also we touched upon the death of George Floyd and, you know, how I came to know you, Morgan, and your organization was the um, event that you did, the virtual event that you did with Base Butter and talking about Black Joy. So, you know, I really feel, and again, this is totally my opinion that, you know, with the death of George Floyd, I personally think that America, like, woke up to the understanding, even if it was a slim understanding, um, and they woke up to that, but also they kind of got a little snapshot of the struggle of what mm-hmm. it's like to be black in America. It was a snapshot. Like, obviously, there are multiple things. Like, you, we talked about microaggression, tokenism, things of that nature. But they really understood the snapshot and the struggle of what it's like to be black in America and, frankly, in the world, right? So can you talk about why it is so imperative for black people or people of color or marginalized people to cultivate joy on a daily basis? Yeah, because I mean, Beyonce said it last year, like joy is our birthright. And I think because of all of the trauma that has been inflicted on our people, we forget that. Um, we, we, we have been seen as property as you know, like, um, I mean, Kanye is not the best to like, you know, quote, but in um, New Slaves, his songs, he talks about like, no matter where you are is either asking you to buy more at one store or um, or watching you while you're shopping in another, depending on how much money you make. There's this 
moment of we can't just have joy to shop without you know being watched right yeah. or being um felt less than maybe yeah yeah felt less than or felt as though we we're not enough to be in certain places so joy is just a reminder that we're enough to do whatever we want to do mm -hmm. and um like not rescheduling your joy because of your job or not rescheduling your joy because of something that's out of your control, like you can still have joy. Um, and I think that with everything that was happening last year, it was very heavy, but it was also very important that we still cultivated our joy. Like for example, Juneteenth, that was the first time that collectively, I feel like as a people, we were all just, yes this is what we're celebrating for sure you know we're we're remembering what why juneteenth exists but we're still having joy on that day so yeah. making sure we make joy um no matter what that circumstance is that has gotten us to this moment of joy just allowing us to have joy regardless because I feel like Black people are the most joyful people in the world. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And, um, and for those that are, you know, if y'all go to a cookout or a barbecue, you, you, that is joy to the max. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> any festivity, you already know. It's like, you know, what's on the schedule? Joy. What's on the menu? Yes. Joy. That's, that's what you're going to experience. So, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. 1,000%. Yeah. And I love what you said that because I think it's so important, you know, not just for everyone, but especially from people from marginalized communities or marginalized people to prioritize joy mm -hmm. every, day. every day. So I, I love that you said that. And I love that you mentioned, you know, Beyonce saying like, yeah, it's our birthright. It is our birthright. Absolutely. Absolutely. 1000%. Cannot agree with you more on that. So Morgan, for you, with all of this like success, you know, you're, you're 26, you're killing it. You have like this wonderful organization that is so influential on a global level. Get that y'all global level um, and just doing so much great work by really practicing your authentic purpose with all of this success, like how are you giving back to yourself? Like how are you really restoring yourself and, and, and doing that self-care work so that whatever you, however you're filling up your own cup, whatever overflows is what you're giving. So how are you giving back to yourself? Yeah, that's a great question as well. Um, I believe that I give back to myself in small ways and then a large way um, annually every year. So every year, Normally around my birthday, I will go on a trip um, and that trip will just kind of reset myself. I've kind of done it every month this summer, um, gone Love somewhere it. new. Yeah, yeah, but then in the fall and in the winter and in the spring, I really just buckle down um, and just do a lot of work. But I've noticed that traveling is very good for me to understand people which better helps me understand what i need to do with joy day next mm. um so that's something that i've been doing since joy day has started um and that's really helped me and then also you know when i'm not feeling good just saying hey we're gonna have to reschedule this call because you know if i'm not doing my best and you're not going to get the best out of me in this meeting um and being okay with that but then also knowing when okay, you know, you said you're going to reschedule that call, you reschedule that call. Like, no, like sometimes um, self-care is doing the things you don't necessarily feel like doing in the moment, but you know that doing it will be a form of self-care in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just finding that equal medium and balance and knowing that burnout is not fun so don't do too much like you know you have a lot of ideas i think that planning is very big for me um planning so that because i know everything will get done just planning out when it will get done um wh what's the due date for everything because if everything has a due date yeah sure those due dates might change and be adjusted a little bit but overall um you'll be able to essentially just get 
through it without feeling um, burnt out. Yeah. I love that you said that too, because I think, you know, and it's all practice, right? Um, you know, I struggle with breaking plans. Like I'm like, oh, I said, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. Right. And there are many days where I'm like, I have to kind of give myself a pep talk and I'm like, I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling great. I'm, my energy's low. But I told this person I was going to be here. I'm going to do something. And I immediately, when I do cancel, I immediately feel this sense of like shame and guilt that comes mm -hmm. over me. And I'm like, damn, like I canceled on, I canceled on this person, but I know for a fact, like it's best for me. So that's still like a practice that I'm trying to cultivate you know, in my life to be really authentically honest, radically honest with myself to say, you know what, like, I know I planned this, I'm not one to do like, you know, a short, you know, you know, short cancellation, like, hey, I'm supposed to meet you in five minutes, and you drove 10 hours and I'm <laughs> canceling on you, not in that regard. But you know, really being able to say no, and, and yeah. prioritizing that peace and that self-care for yourself. Because like you said, you have said, I'm not my best. I'm not going to be my best if we do this. So I'm, I love that you said that. Beautifully said. Wonderfully said. So this is actually like my favorite like round of questions. Um, I call it quick to the heart. So it's like these quick fire round questions where the answers are nothing more than like a sentence or a word. So my question to you, Morgan, is are you ready for the quick to the heart questions? Yes, I am. Yay, I love these guys. So question one, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote would definitely, definitely, definitely be from the Bible. I know cheesy, but not cheesy, but it's guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. So I always think about that when making huge decisions, um, just to guard my heart, because whatever I decide will be a pivotal part of the development of the rest of my life. So yes, that's my favorite quote. Love that. And not corny at all. Not <laughs> the antithesis of corny, in my opinion. So love that. What is or who is your biggest source of inspiration? My biggest source of inspiration would definitely come from Oprah. Um, I'm very inspired by her. I'm very inspired by how she thinks and how she um, really built out what she has now, um, as well as Madam C.J. Walker. I think that the both of them um, are huge bundles of inspiration for me. Love that. Love that. And I think you are on the road to, you know, the Oprah side. So trust and believe. Thank you. Best, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Best advice you ever received or the best lesson you have ever learned so far? Hmm. The best advice slash lesson would definitely be to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. um, that would definitely be the best lesson I've ever learned. Love that. I love this question so much. What advice would you give to someone who feels that they have fallen short in life and cannot see their true light. That not only does it get better, but you're the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you're, the darkness is just getting you closer towards the light. So just keep going because the light that you see, even if it's a, just a sliver of light, it's light and just keep walking towards it. Mm, love that. Love that. What are you most proud of? Hmm. What am I most proud of? Um, I would have to say I'm most proud of, oh my goodness, there's so much that I, uh, most proud of just everything that I've done, to be honest. I know that. That's... Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, say that. you sit on your throne. Absolutely. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm most definitely proud of everything that I've done. Absolutely. Love that. And last question, what are you most looking forward to with your work and your personal life? Hmm, I'm most looking forward to the development of Joy Day and as it continues to grow, what that will look like. Mm -hmm. And for my personal, what I'm most looking forward to, hmm, what my life will look like in five to 10 years, just to see what personally, what growth in my personal life um, will have taken place. Love that. Love that. Mm, yes. I, I love that. You just left so much room for possibility. Yeah. Room for, yes. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Cause you're just like, I'm trusting God in the universe and I'm open yes. to it and there's bigger plans. So I love that. And Morgan, can you please give our guests your website, social media handles on where to follow you and Joy Day? And can I tell you guys, all the listeners, please, please follow Joy Day. If they have any virtual events, sign up for it immediately because it is a really, really beautiful organization. You're going to get so much out of it. And Morgan just does a tremendous job at pulling together all of the different resources. So Morgan, please give our guests the website and social media handles on where to follow you. Yes. So you can follow Joy Day at Joy Day Movement on everything. And then our website is joyday.org. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Morgan Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I. -T -T -I, and then on Twitter at Morgan B. Daniels. Um, and that's where you can find me, but definitely would love to have you a part of the Joy Day community and look forward to seeing y'all follow. So thank you so much. Yes. And, and thank you so much, Morgan, for just being so raw and vulnerable and honest and sharing your story on, on this podcast and on this episode. I am incredibly grateful for what you have shared on this episode. And I really do feel that you are a source of inspiration uh, to a lot of people and your organization's just doing such great work. And I cannot wait to see what's going to come next. I will be watching very, very closely <laughs> and giving you all the good vibes as this, as a star, which is you and your organization continues to rise. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just spending some time with me on this episode. I really appreciate it. Yes, you are welcome. And thank you for having me. It was really great. Yes, yes, such a blessing. And thank you listeners for tuning in to this episode of Open Heart Raw Story. I hope you were inspired and felt moved by the story you heard today. If you enjoy this episode and want to listen to more, please subscribe to this podcast and follow Open Heart Raw Story on Instagram and Twitter. Until then, loves, take care of yourselves and lead your lives with an open mind, but most importantly, with an open heart. Take care. Welcome back to this guided meditation focusing on Morgan Brittany's episode. On this episode, Morgan and I were chatting about an obvious and very evident theme of joy. As the founder of Joy Day, Morgan has helped and continues to help people find their unique joy because as she so beautifully expressed it through the words of Beyonce that joy is our birthright so for this guided meditation we are going to be focusing on how to best cultivate joy so sit up nice and tall and close the eyes. 
lengthened through the crown of the head, gently grounding through the sit bones, and just take some nice deep breaths in through the nose and out. And as you're taking some deep breaths in through the nose and out, maybe you start to think about how can you begin or continue to not only practice joy, but to prioritize joy on a daily basis. As you're taking some deep breaths in through the nose and out, maybe you start to think about and come to the realization that joy is your birthright. You are fully entitled to it just by being human. And as you're taking some deep breaths in through the nose and out, maybe you start to think about this quote that goes like this. Find out where joy resides and give it a voice beyond singing. And as you're taking your last deep breaths in through the nose and out, maybe you start to think about that joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing it every single day. Life is so short that if we miss those moments to practice and cultivate joy, our lives will be sort of a flat line. It's important to prioritize our joy, to laugh when we Enjoy the company of others, and most importantly, understand that joy is very much part of our everyday lives, and it is our job to find it, practice it, and cultivate it. Take a deep breath in through the nose, and a deep breath out of the mouth. Allow yourself to come back into your body. And when you are ready, open your eyes. I thank you all for joining me for this guided meditation. I hope it was nourishing and encouraging for those who have listened. And please come back to listen to another episode of Open Heart All Story. Until then, loves, take care of yourselves and lead your lives with an open mind, but most importantly, with an open heart. Take care.